0: Hello, listeners, and, and welcome once again to Yeah Aha uh-huh with Lisa and Phil and our frequent fire co-host Aaron, who's coming in from Thousand Oaks, California. Boy, his arms must be tired.
1: Greetings. Greetings.
0: Greetings. Um, this week we've got Soccer Slam creator Terry Rich. Um, you can find the Soccer Slam um, documentary on a uh, an app called Very Local. Um, it was easy for us to find. We pulled it right up. No problem. It's a very interesting documentary.
2: It's fun. It's really it's good. It's fun. Yeah. I,
0: you know, I'd love to see Soccer Slam get a comeback.
2: Right. I, yeah, I got all kinds of ideas if it did come back,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> starting with,
2: like, Fan Duel mm-hmm. and all that stuff. They could really send up all the, the gambling and everything, and you can <laughs> speak to that, too, because you are you were once the director of the Iowa State Lottery, Right.
3: That's correct. Yeah. Also, the North American Lottery President over those years as a director and mm-hmm. part of the Powerball Game Group, so mm-hmm. had a lot of fun during the during the uh, during the lottery years. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, welcome on. Yeah. You, you yeah. have so many things that uh, you know. It's yeah, like, there's so much to starting? talk
0: about. I mean, you know, uh, if do you want to give us a little bit of your CV, so to speak?
3: Sure. Okay. Let's let's get started back being on the farm. Grew up in Iowa, mm-hmm. a little small town of 50 people. How about wow. that? And I uh, went to school, I was going to be a math major, and I got kind of bored with it. Somebody said, hey, you can go over here and make a living talking. I thought, hey, I'm in. So I went, decided I was going to be in radio and television, but I didn't get a job right away where all my buddies were going to broadcast. But somebody came in and said, we need somebody help for cable television. We're starting a cable television franchise. And I thought, uh, uh, do I want to do that? But, you know, I got in it, and they couldn't pay me much, but they gave me these things called stock options, and I could not have timed it better. Cable television took off, and I got to work up the ranks in those twenty years, and uh, ultimately become the vice president of programming and marketing. And uh, worked with all the folks like a Ted Turner and and uh, MTVs and CNNs, all of the different networks to help bring cable television to homes across the U.S. And at the same time, I always tried to have two jobs going in case one didn't work. Uh, I also did rock and roll radio for uh, for a hundred thousand watt. Uh, Uh, FM station, which was really fun too. So that happened till I was 40. Now, my dad always said, you know, go to work for someone, make some money, and then you'll turn 62, you'll get your Social Security, and then you'll be happy. And at age 40, they cashed us out. I didn't have a job. And I thought, man happiness doesn't happen when you hit your goal. Happiness happens on the way because that company was so entrepreneurial, so fun. Everything we touched seemed to turn Mm -hmm. to gold. And uh, that really made it fun. So I decided to start my own company and continue what I was doing with the cable company. And that was HBO Free Preview. So once in a while, you'll turn on your TV and there'll be free HBO and say, hey, Marge, somebody's messing with our cable. (laughs) So... uh, What we did was took over the channel, a local channel that everybody could get, and then we'd show HBO for a weekend, and then come on in between and say, now's the time to call and get HBO. And we were making so much money for these companies, getting all these together. So I started doing that, and then I got calls from ESPN to do a pay-per-view special, all the Bo Holyfield fights to get people to buy the pay-per-view, and did work for the Disney Channel and all these different companies. But at age 50, guess what happens? Midlife crisis. Yep. I said I got to get off the road. I want to be with my family. I've made the money I want to make. I've traveled what I want to do. So I want to do something different. And I got a call from an ex-governor said, "Hey, they're going to close the zoo. Would you be interested in running a zoo?" And I thought <laughs> Geez, I grew cattle on a farm. I don't know what giraffe would be that much <laughs> different. <laughs> so uh, I de- decided to go in and they were losing $600,000 a year. And we turned that around and, and it was some creative ideas and ultimately uh, got it in the black and then raised another $15, $20 million with an endowment. So it's got money to run the place for here on and out. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call and said, hey, the, the lottery is, is uh, changing. The gentleman retired, would you be interested in running a lottery? And I loved marketing and sales. So, yeah, I run a lottery uh, and uh, gave away nearly one, or I did give over $1 billion away over the 10 years I was there. So that was really fun. And in the middle of that, mm-hmm. I had a really weird situation where we cracked the largest lottery fraud in U.S. history. So wow. I spent about 10 years in the lottery business mm-hmm. and then uh, ultimately uh, retired. And now I'm on the road talking about fraud and ethics because of that fraud, uh, fraud that happened with the national lottery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you wanna, uh, can just you elaborate a little bit on deal. Can you elaborate a little bit on
2: a little bit on that scandal? Um, I know Lisa. I mentioned that to you earlier, and you were curious. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
3: What exactly? The- well, we ultimately oh, called it the eighty billion dollar gamble. Um, you know, anytime there's money and people are around a lot of money, somebody's always thinking, "How could I get a piece of that?" Right. And so, uh, as I was in the lottery about two years in, I got a call and said, "Hey, we had this big winner, jackpot winner. It was called Hot Lotto. We had about seventeen states." <clears throat> Kind of like Powerball where we pooled the money together to get big jackpots. And lo and behold, someone won $16.5 million. Mm -hmm. Well, Usually they show up within a few weeks. Sometimes you wait a while, talk to a lawyer, talk to an accountant, but this person didn't show up. Then it was two months, and you have a year to claim that big jackpot. Six months in, we did announcements, and we started getting people coming out of the woodwork. Hey, I I think the uh, clerk stole my ticket. Or, uh, hey, my husband, I think, is an organized crime, so if they come in, that money half of that money is mine because I know he stopped there and we were married when that happened. You know, we get these all these questions. But the lottery ticket is so secure, we could tell that all of those were, were not they, – they didn't have a claim to it. But we got a call about 11 months in, one month for the ticket was to expire, said, hey, I'm a retired lawyer in Canada. I have the ticket. Here are the serial numbers. I'm going to send you the ticket. You send me the $16.5 million. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 Yeah. Right, buddy. So uh, we said, no, you got to tell us who, who bought the ticket. They said, no, I don't have to tell you that. We said, yeah, you do. He said, no, I bought the ticket. I, I, uh, and we said, what were you wearing? Well, every convenience store today has cameras. This one had audio too, and mm-hmm. it just didn't sound like him. And so we knew he committed fraud. So We called the department of criminal investigation. We're going to have him come in. We, we may uh, have wanted to, we wouldn't have uh, tried to arrest him, but the, uh, But we would maybe ask them to if they found there was probable cause. But he didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Instead, he sent the money back to another lawyer in New York who called us and said, I've got somebody coming in. And an hour and a half before that ticket was to expire, another lawyer from Des Moines hired by the lawyer in New York who somehow knew the lawyer in Canada came in and said, we want our money. Well, we said, you can't have the money until we know who bought the ticket. They Mm -hmm. said, we don't have to tell you. We said, we aren't going to give you the money. We negotiated for about three or four weeks. And lo and behold, they just said, okay, we don't want the publicity. You can keep the money. Uh, I don't care if you're Bill Gates, 16.5 million bucks, a lot of money. Well, long story short, they gave it up. Uh, We started an investigation through the Department of Criminal Investigation and the Attorney General's office. and. Uh, the money came back to us. We gave it back to all the states who purchased t- had purchased tickets. We gave the money away again because the people who play the game should get the money ultimately. Mm-hmm. Gave away the money. It took almost three years until they finally got a chance to go up to Canada and out to New York and talk to those individuals. And lo and behold, the trust based in Belize, mm-hmm. ding, 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 <laughs> uh, was actually uh, that, that trust's president was the guy in Canada and the guy in New York. And here's the question that our folks ask that I never hope you are asked. Do you want to be the witness or do you want to be the, the defendant? And you mm-hmm. know what? Both of them said, we'll be the witness. And they gave up a guy in Texas. And that guy in Texas had a, was a lawyer who had a client, and we couldn't figure out how that all tied together. So it almost took about four years before we decided the only piece of evidence we have left, this is going to just statute limitations. It's not going to be given away. And, you know, who cares? It's not that big a deal, right? Well, We decided to release the video with the audio, and everybody came out of the woodwork and said, that's Eddie Tipton. Well, who's Eddie Tipton? Well, he was the head of security in charge of all the security for the multi-state lottery, the organization that compiled all the monies together, did the drawings. He wrote Uh the computer code, and he also maintained it, and he compiled it. And lo and behold, when it all ended up, he was giving the numbers to his brother and to another gentleman, this Robert Rhodes out out of Houston, Texas, and they had, uh, we ultimately found, they had uh, conspired and, and had received smaller jackpots in Colorado, Wisconsin, yeah. Nebraska. Inside job. Or not Nebraska, <laughs> yeah, Kansas and the others. Yeah. Lo and behold, um, we we found the smoking gun, we found the code, and we had to ask them who wants to be the defendant and who wants to be the uh, witness. And they all three gave up. Uh, the best friend did first, and then the brother and, and Eddie Tipton did. And ultimately one got probation, one got 52 days in jail, and Eddie Tipton got up to 25 years. So we got closure out of the deal. They all agreed that they had done. We shut it down. We figured out how they did it, and we put all the checks and balances in so that it won't happen again. But it was for me being a promoter, as you may be able to tell, um, all of a sudden I had to get a straight face and realize you're about to put somebody's life in prison. and. It could have been organized crime. We worried about that. I mean, there's a lot of crazy things that go on in these things. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, uh, CBS called it the largest lottery fraud in U.S. history. And we called it the $80 billion gamble because we were going after something that could have ruined the reputation of the lottery industry. And the lottery industry does $80 billion a year. Now, that's more than all the music tickets sold, all all the movie tickets sold, all the sports tickets sold combined that's how many dollars are spent each year on lottery tickets so yeah it was a big deal and and one that i hope no one ever goes through yeah. that's what well, i'm on not exactly telling people to watch out
0: now i was under the impression that um those were bearer so to speak
2: it so depends like, on if, the state if, if I yeah, buy
0: but, a ticket and lose it
3: yep no if you have, if you lose it most all the states will say you gotta have a up? ticket or you don't get it but right uh, there are about 10 states who would say, if you have the ticket, we'll pay you the money. We don't care how you got it, where you got it, right, what it right. is. but if you don't have a ticket, we don't pay out. Well, right. Our state, along with the majority of states, don't do that, and, and I like that because uh, of this instance. He'd still be frauding today if, if he were still able <laughs> to do and that's that's a we, you don't want that to happen now. A couple of states added the anonymity where you don't have to you can be anonymous to claim your ticket. After we started growing the jackpots for Powerball and Mega Millions to one point five billion or this last one, right. 2000000000 dollars, they they're saying out. I don't right. think people should give up. But here's my philosophy in our state, maybe I know in, at least in Ohio, you have a lot of farmers that have five, ten, fifty million dollar farms that are sold, and those are public. I think <laughs> doing the lottery should also be public.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it reminds me of Office Space. You know, this thing they had in Office Space, but there they were shaving like a percentage of a penny off yeah. of every, uh, you know, every transaction. Of her, they, yeah. Here you're talking about, you know, a small, you know, small winning here, small winning there, but it seemed like, you know, the, the dots, the
3: dots started to be connected. I guess. those well,
1: it's yes. greediness.
3: Winnings. <laughs> no doubt, it's greediness, and the American Association of Certified Fraud Examiners say that there are three things if you own a business today there are three things that create fraud in your business number one is financial need now you and i all of us want to make more money right even if you're in california you want to make more money and uh so that's one but it usually happens when somebody gets a divorce you can have the best employee but they go through a divorce gambling problems alcohol problems drug problems now they have an urgent need to get more money but the second piece is opportunity they've got to have the keys to the kingdom and, and that's why you have someone write the check and a different person write the PO. You hear about churches and schools all the time, people stealing because one person has all the keys to the kingdom and get by with it for a while.
1: Right. The third
3: piece is rationale. At what point does the little devil on your shoulder say,
1: yeah, go ahead and do it.
3: You right. deserve it. Over here, Joe's making more money than you are. You, you deserve it. Go for it. When all three of those combine, then people, uh, you're, you're right for fraud. And that's, that's why. Having a diverge, you know, division of, of authority and that sort of thing is so important. Or just basically having an agreement when you're hired to say, if you get caught, you're going to get fired. Because that little devil will remember that when you mm-hmm. start thinking about whether you should rationalize and steal. temptation. So when,
1: so when you were with the lottery, were you allowed to play the lottery or were you prohibited from it?
3: Good question. Um, we had a debate as, as directors because these have so many different people who are in charge of different things. We know how secure it, it is supposed to be and should be. And so we said, why shouldn't we be able to play? You know, That'll look bad with the public. So I couldn't play anything within my state on any game. And then nationally, if I went to another state, I could do their scratch tickets because each state has their own uh, lottery and does their own configuration mm-hmm. of how they do their scratch tickets and things. So I couldn't, I, I basically didn't play anywhere. Maybe once in a while, I'll scratch ticket out of state. But since I've retired, I can play. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Uh, with all of the big jackpot at $2 million. I played a few times, and, yep, I won four bucks.
0: Four all, bucks. Right. all right.
3: <laughs> I
0: won 10 bucks once. Yeah.
3: You know, I liked it when McDonald's, when you go through McDonald's and play the Monopoly game in the old yeah. days. I, I would win a free cheeseburger, and I'd go nuts because I couldn't play the lottery, so that was That's my big That's funny. Game. Our friend Ken.
2: Yeah, Aaron knows Ken, you know. Yeah. Up with Ken, he uh, he has a little gambit going where he gets a free sausage and egg uh, biscuit from McDonald's. There's an app or something where he goes on and, and he
0: you do he, the survey.
2: And he's yeah, he's done the survey over and over. He's like traded it in, traded up. He like he keeps going to different Somebody McDonald's eats, and stuff. Yeah,
0: he'll he probably own
2: the- one here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah,
0: yeah.
2: So from there, yeah. it kind of escalates maybe. He, he, in the morning he's been here, like so. for
0: <laughs> breakfast for like a year.
2: Yeah. yeah. We I should shouldn't have pan on and that. discuss that. Right. I, I probably should, yeah, I'll, I'll edit that out. I don't want to, it's
0: no. a potential uh, McDonald's scam. scam. Yeah, right. Well, but there it's was legal. One, one. I mean, it's on it, the always, receipt.
3: Back to the point you mentioned a little bit earlier, Lisa, that is. People get greedy. Eddie and his brothers got by with it for almost six years with various smaller jackpots. But they had this urge because they were using this computer that drew the numbers rather than balls like Powerball or Mega Million. And Eddie was in charge of it. And they just knew this thing had grown big enough that they went ahead and decided to go after the big one. And And that's uh, when they got busted. They just got too greedy. You would yeah. think the scrutiny
2: would be so heavy on them that that, that would prohibit you from doing mm-hmm. that. You know, well, that's the, the
3: beauty thing. of it. I mean, we were we, we he owned he he wrote the code. He compiled the code. He did it, so he knew how what the drawing was going to be one time a year. That's how he sophisticated. Even the code he put in was one time a year. He could predict within two hundred combinations mm-hmm. what the winning numbers would be. You'd have to write down all the two hundred combinations, and he'd give it to his friends to go play. So. You know, he knew all of that, but he didn't know our side. He would, he hadn't worked at the lottery to know that we required in certain states that you must be identified if you win the lottery as the ticket purchaser. And so that's where he messed up. He shouldn't have bought it in our state. If he'd have bought it in Kansas, he'd have got away with it. Yeah. But he didn't realize those particular things were in there because remember how we separate all of it? He is, His was separation. He knew the drawing side, but he didn't know how the lotteries in within the states work. So it was a, I guess that's a good check and balance.
1: He didn't know the bureaucratic side. Yeah. That's right. You know,
0: one time that uh, camera thing worked out in our favor because there was a, um, uh, I, I got a letter about uh, late fees. Uh, it was $120, and at the time we did not have $120 to spend on a video. And it was from uh, a city nearby called Middletown,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, they would not believe that we never rented a movie in Middletown. Why would we drive yeah. thirty? About a forty-five minutes?
1: minute drive, probably. Yeah. From yeah. Out? Why did
0: we we drive thirty-five minutes to rent a video? So we ended up going out there, and she takes one look at the video and realizes, yeah, no, <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs>
3: Yeah. That's good.
0: But somebody had—I don't know how—they used my identification.
3: Oh, yeah, well. you never know anymore. You don't. Know, that's the, kind the of place, a the yeah. dumbest place to do any kind of stealing is a convenience store because now not only or they have one store. camera, they have two or three, and they all have audio. And the audio is what yeah. tripped Eddie up. Only four cameras in our entire state had audio at the time, but it because he had covered his face when he bought the ticket, but it was his voice that people started saying, "Wait a minute, that's that's Eddie Tipton.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the unemployment fraud was rampant during uh, the pandemic. COVID, oh, sure.
0: They thought it was. When I
2: registered to get... when i Went on furlough for two weeks. We had to draw unemployment for two weeks. And uh, the number of people, you start talking to people and everybody was running into this where... Uh, your identity had been um, used and leveraged mm-hmm. to get benefits, you know. Wow.
0: By someone else. Yeah,
2: I mean, it was go- all it's, over. It
0: actually happened to us, but it, it did happen. Yeah, but I so. had
2: cleared up. I got. I got, I talked really? to uh, someone that, at the, so the that department, was, and she worked. Because
0: I have know. my own problems.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, and, and I, I know a number of people I talked to,
3: same thing happened, you mm-hmm. know. The- Oversight is an important thing, and I'll give you another example. A county in Iowa. These, the county uh, supervisors decided to to combine together the business function of it. So they had a business manager who was doing all the checks and the POs and everything for both counties. And mm-hmm. one of the supervisors in one of the counties sat back one day, and he had always come in. He wasn't very prepared. He'd just look at her and say, you ain't stealing, are you? I mean, you can imagine his old crusty guy looked like me probably. All right, all right, you ain't stealing. Well, you know what? She didn't steal. So she stole like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But she stole from the other county. And the theory is from the people who prosecuted her was that she didn't steal from that county because even though that guy didn't work, he didn't really do much as a supervisor. But just by asking that, she was worried that he might ask for an audit. And and kept that.
0: Bob now, my that. thing there is he'd piss me off so much I would steal from him just because he pissed me off.
3: <laughs> yeah, you'd want <laughs> and, to kind of get to, get caught by That's him. the rationale, the little devil <laughs> Possibly, on the I, I deserve that, it. My that, God.
2: That's the little kazoo over him. here with the pitchfork. Yeah. Pitch fork, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kazoo. Great kazoo. Great kazoo, mm,
0: yeah. How fun. I just put the money to one side in a box and hand it to him and go, no, but I could have been, so quit asking.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: I yeah. think there's a movie called Millionaire Boys Club. Uh, there's, of course, there's the, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, Ocean's Eleven movies, all yeah, these yeah. things about these stings and gambits and stuff. That That's fascinating stuff. And the, the other right. big fraud the, people the ones ask.
0: where the kids were stealing in in Hollywood.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they during like Academy Awards or something,
3: they would go and like
0: go to people's houses, try on their stuff. We, oh, sure. Are yeah, we yeah, going to name
1: heist movies? So we could do. Well, yeah. the big,
3: big other lottery one was one in Pennsylvania, and what happened was they put latex paint in ping pong balls. The draw officer and the and the person that was on camera, mm-hmm. and they bet all of the all of the ping pong balls that didn't have have latex in them. But the mafia, the organized crime folks, were also using the numbers, and they saw the TV show and said, "Wait a minute, that isn't right," and they got busted. And that turned into a John Travolta, Lisa
1: Kudrow called Lucky Numbers movie.
0: Yeah, I remember that movie.
1: There was, there was a Monk episode that. Uh, kind of stole that plot too. I think they used uh metallic ink and a magnet made them made those balls go.
3: There was one in Milan where they heated the balls or, or made them cold or they shaved them and then they had their nephews uh, and nieces drawing the balls so they just said, Hey, just pull out the hot ones. So, you know for <laughs> mm-hmm. the billions and billions and millions <laughs> of draws that happen in lottery, I only know of five or six over the past twenty five years that anybody's even tried. And almost all of them got busted. Yeah. Well, um, but yeah, it's a fascinating topic. But man,
2: like I said, you know, you've been you've been involved in so many things that when you went um, on, yeah, it's time for uh, butts up. right? Well, let's. I wanted just before we get into that, I wanted to talk about Johnny Carson. Okay, Terry so, is our first guest to have been on the on the couch. I mean, we're yeah. talking about comedians, musicians. People it's called never got paneling.
3: On the I learned later. Paneling. Yeah. If you, you get on the couch, you have panelled.
1: You're a panelist. Uh,
3: comedians. Andrew Dice Clay told me one day. He said, "I, I was helping me with a pay per view special. You got to panel." And I was yeah. 29 <laughs> years old. Here's how it happened. I I came out of college. I'm working for the cable company. And I was working on the radio, and uh, I I decided when I was on the air, I was doing some TV. I didn't have a five o'clock shadow, and I so I sat down and I wrote a letter to Schick and said, or I wrote a letter to Gillette and said, "Hey." Uh, I love your razor, uh, and if you need me on TV, just let me know. So I sent it off two weeks later, and and during that two weeks, I felt like you might, when you're playing the lottery, what if happens? What if I get to do national television? Two weeks to the day, I got the letter, and it said, thanks for your inquiry. Uh, Unfortunately, you wrote the wrong company. Schick makes that. Here's their address. I wrote the wrong company. But I had this desire then to do TV and to do something nationally on TV. And about two years later, even though I failed with that, about two years later, I – I got a call from my hometown, that little town of 50, Farm Community, and they said, hey, we're going to have a centennial. We don't know whether they're 100 years old, but we're going to have one anyway. And uh, we help (laughs) us with publicity. So I said, okay. And they said, well, you've done some TV, so we want you, you know, you're our most famous person. I said, if I'm your most famous person, we better adopt somebody. So Mm -hmm. we sent out, uh, I was going to send out 20 letters from the citizens of Cooper, but instead I hit the wrong button in the old days, the mimeograph, and did 44. So I sent them all out. And every one of them failed saying that we want to adopt you as a celebrity, just for one day, we haven't had anybody for a hundred years.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Only one letter created a response. I failed 43 of the 44 times. And that letter said, dear Mr. Rich, Uh, Or, you know, please, we're going to give you a free oil and lube. You wore a pair of bib overalls. We inquired about them. No difference between an apple pie and a cow pie. That sort of thing. We gave away a free cemetery plot if you win. Got a call from United Press International. I had no idea who United Press International was. They said, we like it. We're going to put it on the wires. So they put it on the wires. And 30 minutes to the second, I get a call and said, hey, hey, this uh, this is Jim McCauley. I'm a talent coordinator with The Tonight Show. You know, Johnny was born in Iowa. We loved what we're doing. We're going into a meeting, but you got to guarantee us that we're we're first on this story because you're going to get yeah. calls from all of the reality shows.
0: Sorry, hmm. heck yeah,
3: <laughs> oh yeah, hell yes, yeah. We'll be we'll we'll guarantee it. I hung up the phone, picked it up. I couldn't get a dial tone, and I hear this mm. screaming, hey 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 hey. This is Judy Steinberg with Good Morning America. We want you to New York tomorrow. Sorry, I just committed you to the it. Tonight I'm going show. to Johnny. You can't wiggly do that, blah, blah, blah. Well, long story short, they talked about uplinking and doing the entire show from Cooper, Iowa. By the time we got through this, they fell in love with the town. And uh, that's how I got the idea to start those free HBO previews because no one had ever done an uplink with a satellite out of Iowa before that happened. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't get everything coordinated, so they brought three of us out, paid our limousine. We got everything. We have our own dressing room. We were on for 20 minutes, two commercial breaks. Tom Jones was the only act on after us. And we got to meet Johnny, and they played it two years later on The Best of Carson. And it was really fun. 20 million people, they said, watched that evening. I was 29 years old. And uh, it was an experience that kind of shot me up in in my career, but more than anything else, just to learn the hospitality of Midwesterners of how great a guy he really was. They let us go up and they said, you want to go sit in his chair and take a picture afterward?" I mean, they were just absolutely cordial while the band's outside smoking their cigs, you know.
1: From Hollywood,
2: The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. Ed McMahon, along
0: with Doc Severinsen, and the NBC Orchestra, inviting you to join Johnny and his guests, Tom Jones, and from Cooper, Iowa, Gerald Lawton, Bertle Witcher, and Terry Rich. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here
3: let them come out. I'll introduce them. We have Gerald Lawton,
0: Myrtle Witcher, and Terry Rich from Cooper, Iowa. Would you <laughs> welcome them?
1: <in? laughs> I'm gonna
3: put you there. Yeah, we'll put you there. Now, we'll get all the names straight here. This is Gerald Lawton. This obviously is Myrtle... Did I pronounce your last name right, Myrtle? Witcher?
0: Yes, sir.
3: And uh, don't call me sir, call me Johnny, will you? <laughs> and uh, Terry Rich, is that right? That's correct. And I guess I'm here to find out if I can meet the requirements to become the 51st. How did this come about, anyway? First of all, tell us what you do in, in Cooper, Iowa. Well, I work for a cable television firm in and around the Cooper, Jefferson, Ames area. And uh, I originally, of course, came from Cooper and grew up around there. And Brittle was my, mus- my bus-, bus driver. When you were in school? You drove him to school? Not the best
2: of
0: I didn't another. drive him to
2: school. No, he rode with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take his cigarette box. Yeah. Some I think Don Rickles did one time and took it over to the set of like uh, that show he did. That oh, that's right. Ago. Yeah, yeah. He he movie. Movie.
3: The <laughs> other thing was Ed rode McMahon. I swear to God, was drinking straight whiskey. No yeah. doubt <laughs> in my mind.
0: Who, Johnny?
3: Ed, Ed, Ed McMahon. Ed.
0: Oh, Ed. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, I guess it, so you're when sitting
1: I, right next to him on the couch. There, you
2: might know. Yeah. 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 When
1: I when I first moved to Southern California, I tried twice. I think to uh, it, it was it was Johnny's last year, so it was hard to get. You know, you'd have to wait in line, and you find out if, you know after two three hours whether or not you get in. I tried twice and didn't get in. Yeah. But uh, it
3: was an amazing deal. It was a very small set. In fact, when we shot it. I thought we bombed. I didn't think we did very well because they shoot it and then they sweeten it afterwards. You know, we'd tell jokes and you'd hear a little bit of a chuckle. But, man, you know, we were two hours behind the Midwest, so all of our family heard it first. And they said, man, they were just screaming and yelling and
1: laughing. It was so good. And we're thinking, geez, I don't re- quite yeah, remember that. They got They got mics in the audience. Yeah, they can yeah. really loud. I did go to uh, one Taping at Leno when uh, my favorite band was playing that day, Fish. I worked down the street. Oh yeah! I left a few hours early. Great group, you know. Went down, got got in line. Um, They played. uh, I think they played two songs that day. One was on, one was not, and then uh, yeah, walked back to work. Worked another hour or two. Took the train home. And you got to see them nice and intimate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's the best uh, part. Same system though, though. I mean, you
2: have to go line up and wait same same Yeah, same.
1: but it it wasn't like Johnny's Pretty last year everybody trying to get in. Yeah. And it was yeah, it, right. it was still enough uh, fish people in the know trying to get in. though. And it's amazing
3: how big of an audience they had back then anymore today were so fragmented even when cable television came in, you know, fragmented out, but we went from there, we drove over and saw a guy named Glenn Campbell, an old oh, entertainer yeah. in Vegas. No, he about came out that. and he looked down and said, "Hey, weren't you guys on the Tonight Show last night?" And I, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. crazy, but that obviously wow. we, we didn't see Johnny again. We didn't talk to. Him. He was the fifty-first citizen, by the way. But uh, ultimately, you know, we utilize that and leverage that for a lot of people. That little town of fifty, my count was two hundred thirty-five thousand three hundred twenty-two. But the Des Moines Register said twelve thousand five hundred people showed up for a three-hour parade, two live eyes, NBC, ABC, CBS, Good Morning America, The Today Show, all showed up.
0: Wow. It was a heck
3: of a, heck of a centennial. Yeah. Whatever year it was, I just <laughs>
0: want to say you probably still are the most famous citizen from Cooper. I'm guessing.
3: Yeah, I just got my uh, tombstone up, so I don't know what that oh, uh, means. Well, I, the the Johnny attended system. that, right? He attended the centennial. He was from Corning, Iowa. Yeah, he he was born in Corning, then went to Nebraska. Most people think the you know he went to high school in Norfolk, and that's where his parents lived yeah. in the years he that he was. talks on about there. growing up
1: on the plains of Nebraska. Yeah. Okay.
2: He was
3: actually born in Corning. Gotcha.
2: Cause I do remember there was a time he went back home and they met, they did a special or 60 minutes or it was a big deal. Yeah, I remember that after mm-hmm. he retired, I think. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go ahead and
3: stick our commercial break in here. Uh huh. Hey, now we've been teasing soccer slam, but again, tell can I tell you one more story before we go? So sure. yeah. yeah. So, so after I got out of that and I started my own companies, I had four or five different companies going, had a lot of fun. And then the zoo and what I learned in all of that, if you're an entrepreneur and you always like trying new things. Better to have tried and failed than to succeed at doing nothing is my, my old saying that, that I enjoy. But I went to the zoo and they were losing money, and we kept saying, you know, creatively, how can we get together and do things? And they said, Well, you need two million dollars. We we need a new exhibit to get people through the door. We're losing this money, we need people through. And then we started thinking, well, we get all the kids two to twelve. How do we get young adults, millennials in those days we called them? How do we get them? How do we get them in the door? And we thought, what are what a millennials like? Uh, booze. So we started Zoo Brew. We kept the zoo open at night. No kids. We put in a band, and we started Zoo Brew. And I think last year they did $250,000 just in booze at Zoo Brew. So that did it. But awesome. then we thought, what else could we do? We need more people through the door. Uh, so we thought, well, what do we have a lot of that's free?
1: Hmm. Poop. Animal poop. I was about to say we
3: started, <laughs> we started an exhibit called Scoop on Poop. And we showed different kinds. This is what elephant poop looks like. And this was, you know, uh, there was an exhibit we had with all these different poops. Yeah. And then we realized that we've got, uh, a, we've got a book.
1: What shat that? And every page has different. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 poop. yeah. What and, shat that? Can we say that?
2: Yeah. On the yeah. Okay. I don't see no, I'm gonna pull
1: a brown card
3: on you on that one. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> We're getting close to the story on the brown card. Okay. Yeah. So then we we realized that tigers are natural predators against white-tailed deer, which is prey, which eat all of our flowers and everything. So we started selling two gallon buckets of, of tiger tiger poop piss and put it out by the flowers, and it worked like a charm. We sold twenty okay. thousand dollars worth of tiger poop that summer to help keep the zoo up and going and get it up over the top. Till wow. the USDA told us she can't sell exotic poop. So there's there's my two <laughs> fun <laughs> stories with the zoo.
0: Yeah, but is it exotic if it's a, a domestic? It's if it's a local. It's I mean, they're
3: still yeah, exotic it's because exotic they still animal. have certain, I guess, DNA or whatever that okay. you don't want to cross cross in that. I mean, how mm-hmm. resourceful is that? You know, turning
2: it was fun. Down. What but about
0: it, what about fur? You could have maybe done tiger fur.
3: Yeah, we, uh, the, 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 probably PETA folks would have really got on us and we started doing, of course, we could just take the hair that they, they take off, I suppose. Right. The so those, those are some creative things we tried to do uh, to, to get it to cash flow and get it to rolling. Right.
1: You're, you're actually the second guy in promotions that we've had on this show. I don't know if you're familiar with who uh, Andy, um, Furman is from, he's, he was big in Cincinnati radio back in the day sports radio but uh, he was uh, he was big in sports promotion all around the Midwest I mean, horse I don't racing know if you guys ever yep. yeah pads horse racing yeah. yep.
3: I love trying new things and that's I mean as you all yeah. are doing right here putting it together and and getting ahead of the curve and doing podcasts uh, you know that's it's very rewarding and and that's why I enjoy still doing these kinds of things but right. it all kind of boiled around in between there to coming out of the out of the cable business and the Johnny Carson bit to do these free previews. And I wanted to try to do different things. But every time I did this free preview, I would do a, uh, we'd go out and do it on a weekend. We'd show it, I'd come home. Nobody knew what we did. We were doing them from Walt Disney World and Hollywood and every place else. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: But in those days, you know, you work for hire. You got a check at the end of it, but, You know, you didn't have an asset. You didn't have something that would continue to give you residuals. And I started thinking, what could we do? Let's do a – could we do a TV show? And I started thinking, cable television, I've been promoting it all this time. What's the number one show? World Wrestling Federation. So Mm -hmm. I thought, well, World Wrestling Federation, what's another sport we could do like that that doesn't pay any of their pro players? After you're out of college, you're pretty much done. Soccer. My kids were playing it. That sounded like a fun deal. Mm -hmm. So we decided to try to put together some shows that would be soccer, indoor soccer, full contact, fights. Uh, the, the, the coaches are messing around with the players, wives. And, you know, all these crazy things were going on all at once to try to.
0: It's showtime. We're starting with nothing, and we were creating it all.
1: Who doesn't want to go see a mixture between wrestling and soccer? Almost like a soap opera, only better because it's real. Even though it was completely insane. Here they go. Kind of crazy. Whoa! And kind of hillbilly. The audacity of it was beautiful. I found it.
2: Game Gone Wild, the soccer slam story.
1: Streamed for free, only on Very Local. You were the Vince McMahon of the whole operation Vince
3: McMahon the whole bit to see what the heck could we do so we we bought we went into a ice rink and uh, on a hot June day with no air conditioning we laid down AstroTurf Uh, I got a coach for a college coach to start calling all the players he knew some of them were professional indoors some of them were high-end soccer players some of them just had warm bodies and warm blood and we brought them in we hired we put them in weird outfits and I hired two stuntmen from Hollywood to do all the fights. So every show we could say, Go! And they had different uniforms on each time. And they'd go out and just knock the daylights. Out, and you just looked like, Oh my God. But gosh. like the same two guys mm-hmm. every time, right? Same I mean, two guys every time. And they were wearing vans. Yeah, but yeah. you're. They had different shoes. <laughs>
0: Watching, you know. Well, that, but that was you know,
3: a yeah, point, though. You know, somebody that, that was part of the camp of it. I
2: mean. And
0: then to me, this harkens back to when we would watch the Westerns on the weekends. And uh, one time I started crying because somebody shot a horse. And I was like, but the horse, he died. And he goes, well, don't you get upset when the people die? And I was like, no, daddy, they come back next week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I loved about it, I you know, I liked wrestling when it, back when I was a kid, cause it was over the top, you know, it was like yeah. really crazy, you know, larger than life characters, the great sense of humor. Yeah. And then, you know, didn't get when McMahon kind of became the, uh, um you know, held a monopoly on it. Like yeah. then it started it gets more of an edge. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. it's just
3: you know it's it's more it where you grew up. I, I distinctly know. remember my uncle saying, how come the ref isn't calling? He should be calling that. You know I'm thinking, yeah, you know, Uncle Joe. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, just,
1: it's way too real. involved. Yeah. But
3: ours, of course, was real. And so we we take <laughs> yeah. these four, we got them on Fox Sports World, and uh they, they picked it up and lo and behold, the soccer people hated it. They just thought right. it was awful. Yet the college groups,
0: all of a sudden, said, "This is
3: the greatest thing I've ever seen," and it exactly. was completely forgotten about. Uh, we did the four shows. We, we we recut it and did them in Spanish. Went down to Miami and hired over a, over two days. Median, right? and we we. You put it together, and lo and behold, I uh, got busy on the HBO stuff. We forgot all about it. And about two years ago, the com, which covers all the sports, but the head writer yeah. for soccer found it and said, we're going to do a story on this. And they did a 23-page feature story on Soccer Slam. And that's, that's how the idea then went, the out, only, went out. The
1: only prep I did for this was I read that article, actually.
3: Is that right? Yes. Wasn't that a fun—I mean, he, it was, Pablo did a great job on that, and that's when then a producer from Hollywood called and said, hey, we want to do a documentary on the making of Soccer Slam. So that's over the last they year, they got a hold of all the players, and and uh, some of the players are looking pretty old today, including me, but well, they were all reminiscing on what it was, and we, okay. we put it all together called Soccer Slam. But it was the unique little things that we added to it, the uniforms. Uh, we threw a second ball in for the last two minutes, we try to kind think of like everything that don't like. <laughs> soccer would 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 yeah. uh, jump wider ball. goals. Yeah, uh, say it again. Wider goals. Why, uh, the wider goals that had extra targets for three times the points. Oh and yeah. target players. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, he had a great sense corners. of humor. I mean, it was very, like, p- very pinball. There were good. I
0: loved it when they uh, when they escorted the ball girl out
2: oh yeah yeah because she was uh, she was
3: helping the one player she was having some, something was going on her with she her was and the
0: other fair. players yeah. so she
2: kept
3: throwing the ball to him and most of yeah. that was scripted but you know what sure, sure we didn't know what was going on we just had had this guy that was lou spadini who was an actor in des moines we just said hey you go with an eng crew and here's kind of the script you just go interview people and just tell them to be crazy and that's exactly yeah. what he did he had no idea what the announcers were saying because the announcers actually recorded it two weeks later uh, we just went in and shot a bunch of people shooting the ball and pushing each other into the wall and trying to get all these different angles. And then uh, the edit group uh,
1: really did. did kind of Spadini was up. named after a local restaurant or something, right?
3: That's right. Luz Spadini uh, was a – boy,
2: you
1: I'm have great have recall, Aaron. I'm impressed,
3: well, I, I, man. I'm
2: I just read me.
1: it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, th- there's got the- – The performers had a really good sense of humor. They were good actors. I mean, you could, they, big personalities, you know, it would, it was, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it was campy. It was supposed to be campy, but from the documentary, it really, you know, really came through. Like who was the guy? Was it Lou or the Lou Spadini? Was Lucidini
3: it, was the reporter, but the no, coach no. Uh, was Bucky Larue. Bucky Larue. Bucky Larue. John Candy. Yeah. He was the Drake uh, college coach. He was the one that got all the players. And mm-hmm. some reason he got into it. And of course, we told him, uh, and including the announcer, Ozzy, the uh, color commentator, get a few drinks in you. Well, we taped two shows the first day and two shows the second day. And uh, let's just say all of the players got together after yeah. the first night, and they weren't they weren't moving too well. Uh, for the se- third and fourth game, when we did. It. Makes sense. It <laughs> was crazy.
2: And then, and then you mm-hmm. were you were kind of a straight man. You know, they would come to you and uh, you know interview you, and you were talking about the discipline that you were having to meet out to the league, and, stuff. <laughs> and it was like,
3: we're doing loud because he's married. And we're not going to allow that stuff in here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. The the uh, highlight of all of the stunts. I don't know where we got the idea because we actually went out. I think we just painted the card. You know, there are red and there are yellow cards in in soccer. The brown card. So we painted one brown, and and you all know. You, I'm going to let you guys describe what the brown card was all about.
1: There's only one ever issued, but Phil would have issued it to me when (laughs) we were growing up, without doubt. That was one if of he was given. If he was given one brown card in life, so do you guys and, and,
3: think I should go ahead and I'm thinking about packing those
1: so the <laughs> yeah.
3: kids can have them when they go to school and stuff.
1: Absolutely, be the, get, yeah. he, he, drew, he get a, he drew. He drew the brown card. He, <laughs> I know. He sent I liked the, the box.
0: pizza guy.
3: The old pizza guy was awesome. Yeah. yeah, Paul was funny and know that guy. I just heard yesterday that he may still be around here working at another store. Um, mm-hmm. He was a Bosnian kid who who didn't speak a lot of the language, but when he heard that we were looking for soccer players, he showed up, but he had to work that day, so he came late, and he was in his pizza outfit. So we thought, what the heck? We we don't care if we plug Papa throwing John's. Throw him on the
0: field. So mm-hmm. he
3: got him on the field. He was throwing the pizzas around, and then he was doing it, and they were talking about fa, a long, long way to run. You know, that made it just, <laughs> everybody just got into it, when you know, just like we're doing now, the things we could do. But you guys said you had some ideas that you had put in the show if you could redo it, right? Well, I would, I would do, I would definitely play off of
2: like uh, ballys and Fanduel and all the gambling that's creeping into professional
1: sports. Oh, Yeah, put, set fake lines and have somebody lose a lot of money on it. Yeah,
2: oh yeah, there'd definitely be, you know, there'd be like uh, maybe some uh, muscle in the crowd, you know, when, and bearing down on a player that's on the take or something, you know. Yeah, uh, point shaving um, scandals. Right, that's just one thing I would put in there, but. uh I mean, it, the possibilities are endless. You know,
3: I'm trying to think about other football related thing. You, Aaron, didn't you mention the butts up? Butts I did up, mention butts up. My yeah. kids had yeah, that, but up. I found out now they've outlawed it in our state uh-huh. because, they, you know, it's, it's, uh, when somebody got in trouble, they had to do the butts up. But they, so it sounds yes. like
1: a, sounds like the wall you would make for a penalty kick, but you turn around with your butt toward the ball. Is that, that's so? right.
0: You could make it twerk breaks.
1: Work? Yeah, there you go. I like that. That'd be,
0: that'd yeah. be target. the seventh inning tra- stretch, the uh the third inning truck break.
1: <laughs> what about but, uh, uh, what was how was how was the scoring for the for the butts up though? Well the butts up that we had there there were two
3: additional scoring opportunities, the butts up and then the three point shots we used so that when we edited, you really didn't. It's, it was t- you. If you were in the stadium, you'd never know what what the score was because we didn't even put it up on the on the deal. We wanted it always. For some reason, it just was amazing that at the end of every game, the team that got all the static and wasn't doing very well came back and won. I just didn't know how that happened, but amazing. that it, it, creative <laughs> editing really helped. That when you had all these extra games that people really didn't understand, so it was like mm-hmm. fifty eight to fifty three at the end. Versus right. zero zero or one zero. So the slam ball in and wasn't that like double points? That slam ball was three points, was and, if the, and if you hit uh, the if you hit the the square up in the in the goal, it was even more. Yeah. Well,
0: oh oh, you could have a fan trying to explain the game uh, in the booth.
3: You get Fred. So they Willard can talk bit, about it too. Yeah, I like that. Yeah,
0: because the guys didn't have any idea what was going on. <laughs> right, right.
3: Booth reviews.
2: Yeah, you can incorporate booth reviews. You know. Yeah. Uh, things might turn up on the camera that weren't seen during the live action, like some kind of foul play or something. And yeah. The
3: uh, players should be up there giving Ozzy, the color commentator, all sorts of static. How dare you say that about me? And That's right. you know, yeah. right. what about uh, it? Maybe they got a deal on
2: all the cardboard cutouts from during the COVID, you know, during yeah. the pandemic when all the pro
3: sports teams they had cutouts.
2: <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. I would
0: want with the you crop tops now because all the girls are wearing crop tops.
3: Yes, uh, th- that that was always controversial. That's why we put the men in crop tops, because I know we, I love that we, <laughs> we wanted to make try to try to make it equal as all. But obviously, we have to have more uh, female players um, and just try to get all of the different leagues. You know, some of the things we said in those though. days would not, not pass the day. But, you know, it's, it's, it was the times, and it, it was meant to be fun. And if somebody it it made is. fun of somebody, usually the person that got made fun of gets to score a special goal, or they right. win the game in the end. So that's kind of fun.
0: Oh, oh bully shots.
3: Well, you would have to uh,
0: – If somebody bullies you, you get to take a shot.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of be, a, that would be a timely I like one. that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You you would have to you would have to accommodate uh, more recent you know like political correctness and stuff. It was not politically correct always back in back in. Uh, the- well,
3: even the fights oh. and stuff you know probably weren't weren't uh, as politically correct. But if you you know handled the right way and you see they get back up and everybody's fine, it's mm-hmm. you know it's both WWE and you know, all the right. movies that it's we basically see. Basically,
1: hockey there. without skates and sticks. Right there, yeah. you go. Yeah. It,
3: the idea was the high scoring of basketball, the uh, action of hockey, and the skills of soccer. That's what was the mix that we tried to portray and all of that. But Plus a little I'm, bit I,
0: of professional wrestling or uh, telenovela.
3: Yes, so, say definitely. that one more time, Lise.
0: Uh, a little bit of pro wrestling slash telenovela. The, the
3: wrestling drama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Adding all that together. and we, we did it in such a short amount of time with very little script that – There's so many things that would really, really make it fun to do. And the question is, do we now do it again? And, you know, that team that does the baseball, the banana team that does baseball, and they make a lot of money for teams. I think having a soccer team that's a soccer slam that would come in and throw the red cards and have the fights amongst themselves and that sort of thing, but play the local team. And -hmm. then the local team, for some reason, wins at the end for the kids to laugh. The Harlem Globetrotter field might be better than actually trying to do leagues or you know where yeah. WWE has you know ten people that are wrestling. One, one team, have
1: to have 20 more and taking all comers.
0: Yeah, barnstorming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what is it? The, the the team could. um What is it? You could make yeah. the the whole team so, wear
1: skirts Harlam, because Gloves there's a girl on the team. Yeah,
0: that's the with a little skirt in front.
2: Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that would be uh, a whole new thing,
3: right? I mean,
0: yeah. you have your
2: first
3: female soccer slam.
0: You know, anybody sword.
3: watching this, I think they can, as you do these, you have a place they can comment. I'd love to get all the different comments and ideas that people have that can see it. We should say where where you can actually see the show, most people, it's a, it's a Hearst streaming service. They just opened it up, so we're one of the first – Original shows outside of what they do for news and weather, anywhere in the U.S. is called very local, V.E.R.Y. Yeah. local, and There's it easy, downloads easily, doesn't it, Lisa? Yep.
0: Put
2: yep. it well, on, and it should be the first it one takes up there. Care of
0: that stuff for us, so it's really easy for me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. wow. So, yeah. That, that obviously that uh, um, struck a nerve. I mean, that was that was yeah. definitely fun to watch. You know, we do, uh,
0: uh, you know where our Podcast is on most of the platforms. Um, we do welcome comments. Right. um
2: Have you ever yeah. met Vince McMahon? Or uh, I, I also had had Vince for in you? the early
3: days, and we were doing cable, oh, wow. Hulk Hogan, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and some of the others. The early early ones. Look, we you met meet Cindy before. lopper Never got to meet Cindy lopper Let
2: me throw.
0: I have psoriasis too, so you know. It's yeah.
3: a name.
2: I wonder if you've heard of this guy, David McLean. No. Okay. Name sounds familiar.
0: What about women of wrestling? There you go. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, there, there
3: are ways you can do all these, and in today's legal end, you got to try to do that. I wondered whether I should patent that brown card though. You suppose I think you one? should. Yeah. yeah, I might. I yeah. might take a look at that.
2: Right, I think you should because after this, kids are going to be doing it all over the place. You want to taking it to school advantage. for the teacher?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's waiting. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's how we got the idea. All class. of these came from when our
3: kids were playing soccer and you, you know oh, the big laugh was when somebody tooted, right?
0: Oh, my cousin.
3: Your yeah. cousin toots?
0: My, well, my my stepbrother. Um uh, oh. but uh he grew your up with my Your stepbrother's your cousin? Well, no. Um uh, he he's not.
3: <laughs> I'm going to write this uh, in he, the next soccer slam. up
0: with <laughs> all of my uh, my cousins, so I kind of thought of him as a cousin. Sure. Because we all grew up together. Sure. But he became my step-brother later.
3: Okay. Yeah, this one needs to be written this in the show. A, this is a script. Yeah, this yeah, is that's
0: script. Aaron, Aaron's
3: got that Hollywood mentality out there already, man. He's thinking this.
0: Oh, and I used to have a crush on my uh, first cousin. He oh, was adopted. He
3: that may be going too far now. in today's society, Lisa. He was is that adopted. a first cousin?
0: Huh?
1: Is that a first cousin?
0: Yeah. Well, he was adopted, though.
1: Oh, adopted okay. First, but first,
0: I first. didn't, I mean, I knew he I was think you're in the
1: clear. Yeah, I think you're in the he club.
0: wasn't a biological first cousin, but he was legally. And this adult. took
1: a sw- wild he swing, didn't it? We could just
2: be. <laughs> he just went down there for Thanksgiving, and he put her down easy, you know. He, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he, he let, let her know. it was over, she she
1: know it was was over. right? So.
0: Twenty-eight years of marriage, I, I, but I was ready to throw it away for a I
1: had really to bring
0: alcoholic her back. first cousin,
3: <laughs> Aaron. I'm going to let you take it from here.
1: <laughs> That's I'm just going to take a drink of coffee and okay. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, it's
0: just coffee too.
1: Yeah, as, as we're winding it down, is actually.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> why
2: don't we ask Terry what what kind of projects you you working on
3: in addition to the to this one? You know,
2: I mean, we got
0: going of- now because you don't seem like a guy who sits still a lot.
3: You know what? It's really tough. And all of a sudden, things kind of ground to a halt. Soccer slam's done. But uh, there is a possible documentary on the Eddie Tipton story that may happen. Oh, cool. Eddie got out of prison. Instead of 25, he got out after five years with COVID and good behavior. Um, and I haven't seen him. Uh, he's down in Texas. Uh, but we've had a few folks call and say, hey, would you be interested? And I, my goal is just I want it accurate or whatever and see, yeah. what, see what happens. So yeah. that that may happen. But I really – I. I've traveled the world. You, I'm doing this. Are the, you going to write it? The, say that again. Would I write it? Are
1: Yeah. Would you write it?
3: Well, I've already I I did a book immediately following. As soon as I retired, I did a whole mm-hmm. book on it to put all of the facts so that if right. anybody does tell the story. But now would you do,
1: now would you write a, a separate one for the Eddie Tipton? Or you know, uh, I'm not a good writer.
3: Right, I, I I think somebody's more professional than I am on that. That's a That's good right. question. But you know, it's I think be to write
0: a, a
1: book you'd be a, you'd just like be a primary a source for someone.
3: Man. Yeah, I I'd, I'd rather be a primary resource along with Rob Sand, the prosecutor, and even Eddie. I mean, it'd be fun to hear Eddie's side of the story cuz he really Hasn't had a chance uh, to uh, uh, to tell it when it's all said and done. But you know, we we solved yeah. that with two hot dogs and Bigfoot was part of that story. So it has a little different kind of appeals and craziness, even with yeah, only with the fraud. I, I, I had hot heard dogs something about Bigfoot. Bigfoot,
2: and I was curious what that was. We have a couple well, friends that are big and yeah. big.
3: Yeah. Eddie's brother was a Bigfoot hunter. He loved hunting Bigfoot, and so he had his Bigfoot hunter friends uh, go catch yeah, the. Did a freezer in? full of Bigfoot meat? Yeah, I don't know, but they believed in it. I'm telling you, that was a big deal. And the hot dogs, really, the case got busted with the hot dogs because when Eddie bought the ticket, he bought two hot dogs. And when he was found guilty, they had his brother come up and testify as a character witness for him, Not unbeknownst to any of us that his brother was involved in the deal. He gets on the stand and he says, that can't be my brother in that that video because that guy bought two hot dogs. My brother don't eat hot dogs. And it was such a funny deal because Eddie's <laughs> a rather large gentleman. Everybody's head went, you got to be kidding me. As yeah, right. uh, he draw Eddie? the line at
2: hot dogs, right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> an Associated Press reporter captured it, wrote it, sent it on the national wires, and it ended up in uh, in his brother's hometown and in an FBI. and said, wait a minute. That's a guy we busted for money laundering. He fell out of uh-huh. a tree stand. He was hunting Bigfoot out of a tree stand, fell out, and he was in a hospital. They are talking to him and he said, no, I won the Colorado lottery. And that guy remembered it from 10 years ago, called us and said, you ought to check his brother out too. So you know what they do then? Oh, wow. they, if you ever do anything illegal, throw you know, don't do anything on your cell phone, don't do anything on social media. They got all the social media contacts from all three. Mm-hmm. They got all the cell phone contacts, names in their cell phones and places they've called. And we cross-referenced those with all the lottery winners in the US and immediately found five jackpot winners. Wow. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. It's like, why look up poisons on the internet when you can just go to any library open up a cozy murder
1: <laughs> and
0: find a poison and I'm you not kind of worried about you, this Lisa. In
3: those, she's coming in up those some good stuff. stories yeah. tonight
1: i think she should Do be not books.
0: check out the book just those people get at the library they have no i read the rest of
1: the book reading. those people usually get busted
0: don't be afraid hun it's fine <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I think it would make a great
2: I, I think it would great make a great movie whether it's a documentary or yeah. I think, I, if you get him I think the it's best way to do it story. is to get temp, uh, Tipton tipped you know to interview
3: him to get him in the the Yeah movie. if you look look it up there are three three or four videos out that you, that would could pertain to everything we've talked about one is the uh Carson show is out there if you look up Terry Rich Carson show you can actually see us on second oh, is cool. um the if if you look up the it's called American Greed on CNBC. They did an episode on the Eddie Tipton that we all were interviewed on, mm-hmm. and then the Game Show Network did an hour show on on the whole caper. Uh, okay. But uh, I think uh, movie Wilfred Brimley died though, so I don't think I can anybody can play me at this point.
2: <laughs> but didn't Stacy Keach narrate American Greed? Hey. Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, uh
0: Martin. Does. Yeah.
1: Martin. Martin Short.
0: Uh, no, not Martin Short.
1: Scorsese. Martin. Oh, okay. <laughs> had me on the wrong name there. Okay, last name Martin.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: And Martin Short, we were Martin so close. Martin
0: Short and Steve Martin are on Only *Murders in the Building*.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. a great show,
0: a good show. And I mean, he even already has those red glasses.
3: Huh.
0: And the white hair. Yeah. So... yeah,
1: Steve Martin could play. Yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one I always wanted. I always wanted to meet Robin Williams too. I did a lot of HBO stuff, but I never got to meet Robin Williams. I thought yeah. he'd be. A- oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. But been. everybody's so, the same. I know. Yeah, I know. As, two, big as celebrities two, two people. as there are, too. It makes it fun to be able to talk to you and, and tell stories and meet yeah. new friends. This is a, you know, I have enjoyed life, and I, I think we all are happy that we grew up in the Midwest and learned new things and then are able to venture out and try some new things like this. So, mm-hmm, but, yeah.
2: Yeah. I do
1: know two people that have met Steve Martin, and he's, he's not really gracious with fans these days. Huh. He just kind of refuses. But it sounds like it seems like he's
0: everything. tired. There's I have to wonder if he isn't sick.
2: Well, we have no idea. But uh, I mean, yeah. it doesn't surprise yeah. me. You know, everybody's because different.
0: I know historically yeah. he's been known to be
3: I think the, the
2: friendly
0: reason but distant.
3: You don't hear
2: enough
0: I find most. being being on TV After. a lot
3: and and you know, being somewhat known is that people can will come up and say the darn thing, catch you off guard sometimes and maybe you're thinking about something and they think you're kind of stand off. You really try not to not to be not nice to everybody, but, uh, you know, when you're moving or you're thinking about, oh, my gosh, I got to get home and get the kids to bed or whatever, you, mm. you know, sometimes act different than, because uh, you, you got one, you know, if you get one good impression or one impression of him to see it, it may not be that good. But I don't know. But, yeah, there you know, there's so many some podcasts. It on he he, it he it basically
1: off. says as much as like, I, I don't talk to fans. I'm sorry. Really? I, I, no, I okay. goes it's on kind of of abrupt, his... isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But I can, you know, I, I would not be offended by that necessarily. No. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I wouldn't but,
0: either. But in the Midwest, we don't really jump on celebrities like, you know, but they you, might on the coast. But you think no, about
2: podcasts, no. they're so prevalent. Everybody's got a podcast, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are, a lot of the same comedians and guests are going around to different ones. The ones that mm-hmm. aren't, you got to assume maybe they're a little more private. Maybe
3: they're a little bit more mm-hmm. distant, sure. you know, because it's kind He was just oh, like wow. Carson. He was so genuine. It's just amazing. Who was that? Bob, Bob Hope. Hope. Oh, Bob mm-hmm. Hope, yeah. Now I'm really talking old, aren't I? Jeez. Well, no, Uh, there's a special.
2: There's hey, Christmas. we're
0: from Cincinnati.
2: There's a Christmas special that plays here we're every his year. His
0: favorite barbecue here.
2: With Ruth here. Huh. Ly- have you heard of Ruth Lyons? She's yep, a local yep, yep. local mm-hmm. celebrity, predecessor to Bob Braun. Mm-hmm. Bob Hope came on her show one time, and it's like one of the most hmm. landmark you know, appearances Episodes. in, in yeah. Cincinnati media history or whatever. And, and but, to
0: this day, uh, children were in the hospital at christmas get gifts from the ruth lions wow. but he
2: would order ribs mm-hmm. you know he'd be out on the road and he'd order ribs from, from uh, montgomery. montgomery inn and
0: in fact he's yeah. why the montgomery inn was one of the first fancy restaurants to ship nationally
2: but you but you met him then
3: yep wow yeah it was a. Uh, it was an inter- you know another one of the crazy you know, crazy creative new ideas we have the iowa we had the caucuses where all the presidential candidates come in mm-hmm. so i was calling around trying to find someone to do a tv show that was entertainment rather than coming in and it was all politics for the night before the kickoff of the presidential campaign have all the candidates sit in the front row and let's entertain them and just say thank you for running we know how much this is going to be tomorrow we'll give you hell but today let's just say that we got the greatest process in the world and so I called uh, Dick Clark Productions. They said, "Yeah, we could produce it, but we can't." But anyway, I got—I dialed the phone and got a hold of Bob Hope's managers out of the blue, and he hmm. said, "Yeah, can you meet us in New York tomorrow? That sounds like a good idea." We do four shows a year, so I crawled on a plane, went to New York, yeah. saw him singing with Rosemary Clooney, and afterwards we sat in his dressing room and then went back to his hotel and talked about doing a show with all the different stars, Brooke Shields, and everybody usually has and. You know, he he was pretty excited about it, but then they wanted a million dollars just to do it. We, I said, no. how many ads do we get? Because I could have probably got the ad sold. But he said, no, no, that's just uh, for us to come out and do it. And I said, eh, probably yeah. doesn't work. I don't think. It's a lot,
1: cheddar, yeah. Yeah. It a lot of chatter. Yeah. But genuinely,
3: cheddar. he was a great guy. Yeah. Well, that's good. to I'm glad to hear that.
1: Yeah. 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 I, was, I thought he was born in Ohio, but he's actually born in England and raised up near Cleveland. It looks okay.
2: Like. Huh. Well, I thought we were going to get you in under an hour, but we're right at an hour.
3: Um, mm-hmm. But this sorry. was fun.
2: Yeah, and I yeah, had thank time.
3: you for saying something about Soccer Slam because you know we just got oh, yeah. it out on oh, and sure. we're just worrying whether people are seeing it. And those were just absolutely great comments.
0: Yeah, yeah. Soccer Slam's how we got on the radar, um, and we did we did like you know oh this is cool and you know
2: saw so many things yeah. that I wanted to to hit on that I feel like you know maybe there's probably some still some stuff left on the table, but you know, we really enjoyed talking to you. So, well, let's. If Harry. I'm still
3: alive in six months, call me again. We'll talk again. How about that?
1: All right, sounds good to me.
0: Let us know if you decide nice. to uh, do some more soccer slam. We'll definitely work with you on that. You got it. Yeah. You got
1: it. Thank you. And nice so, nice to meet you, Terry. I think we yeah, plugged. Nice to meet everybody. you, Aaron.
2: We plugged everything, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You,
1: get, do you have any, any more stuff. websites or social media handles? Well, if people or want to
3: get a hold of me, TerrySpeaks.com is my website, and it has all our info and the two two things that I do for speeches and then mm-hmm. soccer dot shows the basics. T e r r y Speaks. T e r r y Speaks. Yep. that's website and then Soccer Slam. Always spell it with a K. S o c k. Otherwise, it's you'll get like the Sega video game that was done after we had, did the show. Uh. No. Oh, they that was in the article in too. They, that wouldn't be a bad thing
0: That's Amanda's. <laughs> they,
3: they stole.
1: They stole her. They there. stole your game.
3: No, right? I, I wouldn't say they stole it. We we just came to an agreement that we'd do TV and they'll do games, and it was a nice oh. agreement. Oh, that's nice. Out.
0: Out. Did the did the video game have the brown card? <laughs> no brown cards. But they
3: had the. It looked like the same uniforms and the announcers were somewhat the uh-huh. same, and it played a lot the same. So. It, uh, right. it was pretty interesting how we found it. My kids went into Best Buy and just happened to see it and say, what's this? Now, Whoa. Yeah. But good for Sega. You know, yeah. you know good yeah. ideas. They, they create good ideas. They knew a
2: good idea when they saw one. Yeah.
0: yeah. All
2: they right, so, Terry. Thank you, too. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you so that.
0: much.
1: Pleasure. It was a pleasure. Right. Thanks, Phil and Lisa. Thank you, Aaron. All right. bye, 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 Aaron.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Good night. Good night. Good night
0: we have social twitter yeah Uh uh-huh pod
2: instagram
0: yeah Uh uh-huh pod facebook yeah Uh uh-huh pod website -uh www.yeah-uh-huh.com so let us know hit us back have a great week